Hello, friends. Welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. An exciting time for Winnipeg as they have beat the Philadelphia Flyers 4-0. And while it might not mean anything for the standings other than the Jets maybe uh, getting a little bit less um, into, you know, away from lotto territory, at least it was a nice pick-me-up and Eric Comrie recorded his first NHL shutout. Very happy for him. We'll talk about that game in a little bit, and we'll also talk about the brand new arriving contract of Chaz Lucius to the Winnipeg Jets and what it might mean for the future of this team, all on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and as you can see from this footage, YouTube. We have audio and video versions of this podcast available, all for your convenience. So be sure to give us a follow on your favorite platform. Uh, And as always, really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, I thought there would be a couple of really good topics worth discussing. Um, The first thing we'll get out of the way is talking about Winnipeg's win against the Philadelphia Philadelphia Flyers. Not exactly an enthralling game, I would say, uh, but there were some nice little milestones the most important one being Eric Comrie's first NHL shutout. Aside from that game, we'll also talk about uh, the Jets signing Chaz Lucius and why I feel like this one is a little bit different than some of Winnipeg's previous draft signings. After that, we'll talk about, more broadly speaking, uh, prospects who are kind of in various states. We'll talk about guys that I think are are definitely on the up-and-up, players who might be more fringe at this point, and guys who are basically last chance, make or break next season. All coming up later in the show. Let's first kick it off, though, with the Philadelphia Flyers game. Uh, I'll say about this game, it it wasn't like the world's most dominant performance necessarily. I mean, the Jets, they did kind of paddle the the Flyers, but I also thought that the Jets had a few maybe greasier goal-scoring opportunities here and there. Uh, I believe in net it was Felix Soderstrom or Sandstrom. I don't exactly remember his name. Um, Not Carter Hart, which I thought was interesting. I don't know. If Hart is in more of a rotation or injured or something, uh, whatever the case is, he wasn't in tonight. So um, Winnipeg got a, a goalie who I haven't really seen before. I, I have heard of his name, but I don't really know a lot about him. Uh, one of the first shots that he let in was a little bit of a rude awakening. It just sort of squeezed between his pads on a net front tip. Um, not exactly the way that you want to start your performance in net with the Flyers, who quite frankly have been ailing as of late. This team has had a really rough year ever since the departure of Voracek, Giroux, um, and some other guys who have have definitely been key contributors in the past. But yeah, I mean, as bad as the Flyers were, it's not like the Jets have been uh, stupendously better, right? You know, Winnipeg has had some of the same issues defensively. Uh, Offensively, you know, the Jets at times have struggled to uh, score even strength goals, and even the special teams haven't always been ideal. So uh, you know, the Jets and the Flyers, I think, actually have a lot in common, which 
makes their competition between each other very interesting. Uh, this wasn't a game in which I thought um, the Flyers were particularly like dangerous or anything. Eric Comrie seemed to be pretty wise to most of the best chances. Uh, the Flyers just looked like a really poor team. Uh, they did try to create off the rush and get the Jets into some tough positions, but overall, I think Winnipeg did exactly what it needed to. Um, you know, guys weren't really like fighting, fighting super hard, but you know, this was kind of a moment of pride for the team, I guess. Uh, that's basically all the Jets are playing for now is just trying to turn things around for next season, have a little bit more of a positive mindset, uh, because right now the, the, the locker room just seems really upset. Ehlers is angry. Pionk is upset with himself and with the team. Um, you know, Wheeler doesn't always seem to answer uh, many of the post-game scrum questions if he even shows up. And so there's just, there's a lot going on with the Jets. And I think, you know, the accumulation of failure over the last several years is kind of starting to settle in and, and really for the Jets reach a bit of a boiling point. I do hope that this offseason brings a lot of change, but you know that that's something that we've covered previously, so I'm not going to dive too much more into it. I did want to talk about Eric Comrie this year. I, I think his shutout tonight was really deserved, and I just feel like in general, I, I'm kind of shocked he didn't get more starts this year. I believe tonight was his 18th game that he's been either a starter or uh, a relief player coming on, and for me, I just don't know why the Jets constantly rode Hellebuck into the ground when they actually had a number two who seems like he's pretty decent now. Uh, I know that I was pretty skeptical of Comrie in previous seasons. Um, honestly, his numbers never really jumped off the page, even at the AHL level. So, you know, the, the promise that he showed when he was in juniors and stuff, it it wasn't always clear that it would manifest into any kind of NHL caliber goalie uh, after he started getting some pro time and not really uh, adjusting his mechanics. But nowadays he looks a lot more confident. He looks more controlled. I feel like his reads are more accurate. Uh, he's able to consistently replicate save techniques. He doesn't seem nearly as scrambly and out of his depth as usual. Uh, it, it feels again, like he's a more modern goalie. I feel like despite his smaller stature, it's not really been a hindrance for him. Uh, and in general, I'm just, I'm happy for him. I think it's really cool to see that he has finally cracked this lineup um, and that he's actually making a number of really great saves. Comrie has had a really tough road to making the NHL full time. Uh, and for him to not even get more than like, you know, 18 or 20 games, I feel the Jets have made a mistake there. Uh, I do think Comrie could be a really reliable backup to give Hellebuck some rest and allow Helly to kind of get back to his top form. This year, you know, Hellebuck, despite being extremely good, wasn't quite on the level of his, like, you know, previous Vesna performances. So if you give him more rest, maybe you'll actually see a stronger return to form. And honestly, you just also want to limit injury. If anything happens to Hellebuck, it's not going to be good for this team. And I really don't want to see what the Jets look like without Hellebuck in net. So, you know, give Comrie more of a shot. Um, I'm, uh, I'm hoping that he's coming back next season and that he can, uh, you know, can assume the backup role confidently. Maybe he'll get more than like 10 games. Uh, that would be nice. I think he's got the skill for it. And I just hope that he really keeps it up. Now, as far as like, you know, younger Jets players are concerned, I did want to spend the rest of the episode talking about some interesting things regarding the prospects, including the most recent arrival of Chaz Lucius. Before we get into that, though, I do want to shout out our wonderful sponsors at Shady Rays. If you've never heard of them, they're a super cool independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of expensive $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. 
That includes polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. You'll also get an amazing protection program that covers lost and broken uh, you know, sunglasses, and they don't ever ask questions about it. No matter what happens, they'll send you a brand new pair no matter what. Uh, I, I really feel like that sort of customer service and program is pretty rare. So if you are looking for that perfect sunglasses company, I really feel like Shady Rays truly has your back. If you don't like them uh, after trying them, send them back. You know, they'll, they'll, you'll, you, you won't have to pay a single dollar and they'll refund your full purchase. I mean, you really can't go wrong. I mean, if, if you want to give a great pair of sunglasses a try, Shady Rays makes it easier than ever. Every purchase also helps those who are looking to fight hunger. You'll help donate 10 meals with each uh, sunglass purchase. And uh, exclusively for our listeners, there's a special offer when you go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, that is code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Uh, thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you are also listening to this, I would highly encourage you to check out our other sister podcast, Locked On Now. This program gives you the latest action from around the league, given in 30 or 40 second uh, bite sized compartmentalized pieces so that you can get something super digestible, super fast, and super convenient on the go, no matter the time of day. We have Locked On Now featuring the latest trades, game recaps, expert analysis from our local podcasters, and so much more, all on Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platforms. Give them a follow and a subscription. Like following the Locked On Jets podcast is free, so too is following Locked On NHL and Locked On Now. We really appreciate your support, and we hope that you'll be joining us across our entire network of podcasts. Now, pertaining to the Jets more specifically, uh, and, and kind of dialing things back a little bit. I wanted to focus on Chaz Lucius, uh, who is an interesting prospect. I think um, this this guy, aside from his really cool name, was a player who's popped up on Winnipeg's radar as a potential Kyle Connor 2.0. He's got really great skating, an amazing release, and he's a natural offensive powerhouse. His first uh, season in college, though, with the Minnesota Gophers didn't exactly go according to plan. Um, his 18 year old season has been a bit of a disaster. Uh, he's not had like terrible, terrible numbers, but given that he was a highly touted first round pick and he's dealt with some injury stuff on the side, the first season at Minnesota didn't really uh, appear to go as smoothly as I think the Jets were hoping. And interestingly, a couple of months ago, I'd heard rumors about Chaz not really being happy with Minnesota. And after he uh, signed his three-year entry-level contract today, it came out from a, a reporting group that follows the Gophers that there was a lot of tension between the Lucius family and the university, which is kind of interesting because like Chaz's brother was, I believe, committed to go to Minnesota as well. So if that's kind of falling through now, you know, maybe the whole Lucius family had uh, a real serious issue. I don't know if it was like a usage thing or if they felt that they just weren't developing Chaz in the right way. Whatever the case is, uh, Winnipeg seemingly want, wanted to get him under contract to in-house his development, and they gave him a pretty decent offer. Uh, they basically gave him one of the more, I would say, not like full max, but more expensive ELCs. You'll see um, it wasn't like three and a half million or anything like that, but you know, 
1.35 with bonuses included is pretty hefty. Uh, I know the base salary might appear pretty normal, but it's still a pretty decent chunk of cash. And for me, it felt like they did this because they're trying to get Lucius, uh, you know, locked up for at least for a couple of seasons to avoid a Nate Smith issue and also to kind of get him as quickly as possible away from, from college hockey and get him acclimated to the pro level. I don't know if going to the AHL is going to be the kind of developmental cornerstone that some people imagine it to be. The AHL is such a structurally different game from the NHL that it might not benefit Chaz, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write the situation off immediately, but I will say that for him to get signed this quickly is very unusual. And I feel like the way that the Jets announced it, uh, more so with the timing than anything, kind of caught me off guard. I didn't think anyone was really uh, expecting Chaz to be announced right now. Maybe in the offseason, sure, but you know we're not even towards uh, the playoffs yet. So an interesting announcement. I hope that it might mean a little bit for, for like a changing in philosophy when it comes to dealing with prospects. I feel like the Jets have gotten away from developing them um, as early as possible. And instead, I, I think they've approached a more cautious marination approach. But for me, if you have really talented, talented players who can contribute to some pro-level hockey group and learn on the job, I think that is the better way to go about it. If you wait too long and you have these guys learning bad habits uh, at a very young age, it can be very difficult to deprogram that. So encourage good competition, encourage um, some of the young prospects to make the next next leap and, and the next step in their journey. And I think Lucius could quickly adapt to pro-level hockey uh, if he stays healthy and disciplined. Um, we'll see if that kind of uh, happens over the next few months. Obviously, he'll be looking to uh, like fight for a camp spot um, and then eventually maybe a Jets lineup spot if he really impresses during training camp and preseason. But I would probably expect him to mostly spend his time with the Moose at least for one year. We'll see what he does during that season. If he proves that he's a lot more developed than I realized, yeah, you know, call him up and see what he can do. But for the time being, I think it's best to have a little bit of modest uh, modesty when it comes to expectations around Lucius. I think, again, he does have the potential to be a superstar goal scorer, but you know, he's 18. He had a rough college season and, you know, automatically he's now making the jump to pro hockey. So let's take things one step at a time and see if, you know, he can kind of catch up and get himself back in shape for when the, the fall rolls around and the Jets are starting to really kickstart their their next campaign. Speaking of prospects, I kind of wanted to talk about an evaluation from across the, you know, the larger system with the Jets and talk about where some of these prospects are and, you know, which guys are really fighting for, you know, their last chance at making the Jets at some point, or which guys are well on their way to earning regular NHL ice time if the Jets can, uh, of course, recruit the right coach who sees their talent. Uh, before we talk about any of these other prospects, though, do want to shout out the wonderful folks at betonline.net. You know, I've talked about BetOnline before, uh, and I've also mentioned that I'm not really big into online betting myself, but, you know, BetOnline you made it really super easy. I mean, I couldn't ask for a more user-friendly time uh, when I I did a bet for Eintracht Frankfurt a couple of seasons ago in the Bundesliga. And I mean, again, they explained all of the odds, the lines, how they worked, what you were betting, what you needed to have, like a minimum payout, all of that information, plus data regarding the teams and the uh, match probabilities and stuff, everything at your fingertips as convenient and easy as could be. That's why BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You'll find all the latest developments, 
league reviews, news, and more, including uh, NBA basketball playoff brackets, the start of the MLB season, maybe even some F1 or IndyCar if you're into racing. No matter what sport you love, BetOnline has you covered. And they are your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, playoffs, esports, and so much more. Going to BetOnline.net uh, is, is super easy, and you'll be able to register for a free account. So go there right now, create your account, and start getting in on the action because BetOnline is truly where the game starts. Hello, friends. Welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are finalizing some thoughts on the prospects with respect to a lot of the guys who are maybe, uh, you know, on their way to a, a regular roster spot or some guys who are kind of more on the fringes. We'll talk about the, the guys who are definitely locks to spend at least a couple of games with the Jets longer term. Cole Perfetti, I think, has done a marvelous job in his first NHL season. Like I said in previous podcasts, I think a, a good deal of us knew that he was going to be special and that he might be a lot further ahead than some uh, Jets fans imagined him to be. And he basically hit the ground running. I know that the points haven't been quite there yet, but I just feel it's a matter of time before the floodgates open. His vision, his shooting, his passing, all of this stuff is elite top tier. The only thing that he lacks is a little bit of foot speed and uh, skating elegance, but he's still mobile enough and he gets the job done. So I think you know, as he starts to mature and develop his body more, I think the skating part might be something that resolves itself over time. I also think Declan Chisholm is pretty much a lock for some kind of NHL roster spot with the Jets. I think he's been brilliant every time he's uh, been with this team. Defensively, he's still working things out about how to be um, decent despite not having the strongest frame, especially positionally along the walls. Uh, I think he's got some of that figured out. But I think the most important thing with him is his offensive puck movement and instincts. He's a super smart attacking defender. Uh, He's got great, great lateral movement. Um, His heads up play is always scanning, looking for the next safe outlet uh, and somebody, you know, who he can pass to that's in a better shooting position or maybe even another passing outlet. So you can set up like a one, two, three tic-tac-toe kind of goal. He's got all of that ability, and he's also happy to create space along the perimeter while possessing the puck confidently. So if he can continue to refine those skill sets, I really do think that he'll be a potentially special player for the Jets. The third and final guy we'll talk about that's definitely a lock is Dylan Sandberg. I think he's very clearly shown that when it comes to um, guys like Brendan Dillon and Logan Stanley, Sandberg's kind of clear of all of them. I think that his consistency, his work ethic, his skill... Uh, not to mention his size, all of these things work really well together in his favor. And in the games that he's played, I think he's been pretty decent. Uh, a couple of moments where you can tell he's got some rookie yips, to put it lightly, but I'm not really going to complain with this performance so far. I think he's done pretty pretty well considering the circumstances, and I think he brings a fresh young enthusiasm to a team that could frankly use more of it. Now, this is where it gets a little bit dour. I have two players that I think are kind of on the outs. Um, one of them is Christian Veselainen. Vesa has just never really materialized into the elite offensive talent we had hoped for because he hasn't really been used like one. For some reason, the Jets seemingly wanted to convert him to like a power forward with some defensive acumen. But when you take away from the one thing that really defines him, which is frankly his release, I don't understand what you expect him to do. He's had a, a tough t- to like time and a tough go of it, make no mistake. But 
ultimately it's because he's miscast. And I feel like his occasional ghosting that he he does uh, in some games is probably a result of a, a lack of familiarity, um, B not really being great at his new power forward role and C just not really having the inspiration and motivation to really push. Uh, this is a broad problem right now with some of the um, Jets players, I think, but uh, certainly as much as I love, um, you know, you know, as much as I love Veselainen uh, and the talent that he had, especially when I thought he was going to be the next Blake Wheeler, the Jets don't have time to wait. Um, and if they've already kind of put his trajectory out of reach for a guy who's like 23 or 24 now, it might be time to cut losses. Now, the other guy that I think is definitely on the outs, uh, and this one is a bit more painful to discuss, uh, it's got to be Billy Heinola. I, I think that his lack of ice time with the Jets for me is a huge miss. It's something that I don't fully understand why it's happened. Um, I think of the defenders, uh, he and Sandberg have really stood out positively the most, especially amongst the prospects. And so for him to not really get a lot of ice time this year and mostly see you know, like press box duty, it's it's a failure for me. I do hope that next season that becomes a different story, but with the Jets, I'm not really holding my breath. I want to see him get a chance to truly show off what he can do. When he has familiarity and routine play, he looks pretty darn solid. I mean, will he be like an elite top pairing defender? No, but can he be a really good top four puck mover? I, I think so, and he's got, he's got some really good offensive chops. He's actually scored a goal recently with the Moose, I think he'll be somebody that, you know, the Jets should make a cornerstone of the team in the coming seasons. But, uh, you know, this will be a potential last chance for him to really make the team without uh, a trade to another location. So we'll see what happens after this offseason. Let's just hope that Heinola gets the shot that he deserves and that Sandberg also gets to stay in with this Jets team. I'd love to hear your thoughts on who you want to see make the cut and who you probably have seen enough of. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Before you log off, don't forget to subscribe to Locked On NHL. I briefly mentioned them earlier in the episode, but uh, Locked On NHL condenses and gives you a ton of great insight from across the Locked On NHL podcast network from all of our local experts, giving you the latest updates on players uh, you know, analysis and expert thoughts, game recaps, all the fun stuff in a little bit more full form than Locked On now. So be sure to check out Locked On NHL. There's also some really cool guest interviews. You don't want to miss those. Make sure you don't by subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Same podcast platforms as the Jets one is on. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.